Good evening, everybody. Ooh. It's time to begin our service this evening. Tonight we'll have one song, and then David has announcements. Two more songs, and then I believe Chris has our lesson. Our first song tonight is number 932, Holy Ground. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. 932. This is holy ground, which I need of holy ground, for the Lord is present, and where he is, is holy. Good evening, church family. What a beautiful day it is outside. Uh, a couple announcements before we have our devotional. As a reminder, this Saturday will be the egg hunt at 11 o'clock here at the building. Um, also, um, this Saturday is also the ladies' uh, day at uh, Rio Grande. And the bus will be leaving at 8.30, or not 8.30, but 8 a.m. in the morning. If you are planning on going to that and you want a bus ride, uh, please see Connie. She can give you more details on that. Also, Stepping Stone Supper is next Wednesday, April 5th. Uh, breakfast is on the menu. Uh, this helps with our mission, so our mission fund. So we'd love to have you come join us for breakfast on that day. Also, April 22nd at the fairgrounds, they are doing a hometown love um, event, and we're setting up a booth um, for that event. It should be a lot of fun. Um, we're planning on just handing out tracks, talking to people. Um, if that's your personality, we'd love to have you out there and join us. Um, and we're going to be talking about the preschool and also the school in South Point as well. So great opportunities within our community that we can spread the word about. Um, but if you have any other questions, please see Chris. Is that okay? I just threw you under the bus there. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> also, Flatwoods is having a gospel meeting April 24th through the 26th. Um, 
So it's always good to support other congregations within our community. Um, updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers at this time. Keep Terry Leap in your prayers as Gary's brother. He's not doing well, um, so keep him in your prayers. Uh, Jimmy Jackson, a friend of Marvin and Christy, um, will be having bypass surgery on April 6th. So keep um, uh, Jim Jackson in your prayers. Uh, Jim Haney is, going, uh, going have, is having treatments again for his cancer. Keep him in your prayers uh, at this time. He's having a tough time with that. Uh, and keep Amber Spitzer in your prayers as well. Uh, Judy Gerald is having a heart cath uh, maybe next week. So keep Judy Gerald in your prayers at this time. And uh, Joe Robinson um, was in a car accident. And um, so keep him in your prayers at this time as well. So keep Joe Robinson in your prayers. That's all the announcements. Is there anything else I may have missed? All right, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here this evening, Lord. To be able to learn more about you and your word, Lord, that we can apply it to our, our daily lives, Lord. So that way we can live more like your son, Lord, and live how you want us to live. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our elders, Lord, here at Rome, and the decisions they make for this congregation, Lord. Be with them and give them the wisdom they need, Lord, and, and let us be an encouragement to them in the work that they do, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our sick, Lord. We ask to be with Jimmy and Terry and Jim Haney and, and Amber that are all going through cancer at this time, Lord, and just be with them in our chemo treatments and be with their families that are taking care of them, Lord. We know they're going through difficult times, Lord. We know we can always count on you for comfort in our lives. Lord, we, we ask you to also be with, with Jim Jackson, Marvin, Christie's friend, and be with Judy and as they're up, having upcoming surgeries coming up this, Lord, this week, so, Lord, that you be with them and you be with the surgeons who are taking care of them. Lord, we pray that Joe Robinson will be all right from his recent car accident, that, uh, that he heals quickly, Lord. Lord, we also heard the lady that, uh, that was also in an accident. We, we pray for her as well. Lord, we ask you to be with us this week, Lord. Be with us and give us the wisdom and guidance we need. Let us be your light within our community, Lord, that we will share your word, your love, and your wisdom with others, Lord. Lord, most of all, we thank you so much for you sending your son to die on the cross for us. Lord, he went through a death that none of us would want to go through, Lord, and he died for us because, because you love us, Lord. Lord, continue to be with us the rest of this week. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Our next song is on the overhead only. It's called, Can He Still Feel the Nails or Just Feel the Nails? This was requested a long time ago, uh, but didn't think we had the slides, but I found them. So uh, the first time, it's basically the same words. First time through, we're all singing the same verse. Second time through, there's a counter melody added that the, fem that the women will sing. Third time through, it flips and the ladies have the lead and the men sing the counter melody fourth time through we all sing counter melody so wanted to explain it a little bit first <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Sounds pretty once we get the slides going, doesn't it? Our last song before the lesson is number 756. 756, when we all get to heaven. Yeah. 
for Song of Invitation, being 197, 197, have my own way. Good evening. Go ahead and grab your Bibles and be turning to the book of Revelation. We don't talk about Revelation very much, um, but let's flip over to Revelation chapter 7. It is a difficult book to uh, interpret, um, but once you understand the overall theme, the overarching theme, uh, it does get a little bit simpler. Um, and so there are lots of symbols in Revelation. It's all about symbols. John's writing, uh, the Holy Spirit is writing a, um, a letter to churches that had it fallen into the wrong hands, the Romans wouldn't have known what to do with it. They're looking for opportunities to persecute, to persecute Christians. And if this were to fall into a, a centurion's hand or a Roman soldier's hand, uh, it could be bad for the Christians had the Holy Spirit just come out and said, uh, well, Rome's going to lose and uh, retribution, uh, vengeance will be God's. He will repay them for the way that they've treated uh, his people and his people win in the end. That's what Revelation is really all about. It's a book to the overcomers, those who are willing to stick in it all the way through the end. Uh, you're familiar, of course, with Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Right? Um, that's really what the book's all about. Faithfulness until death and overcoming through what might appear insurmountable odds. Um, but at the end of the day... It's not really insurmountable because God's still sitting on his throne. Um, Caesar may look like he's winning, but that's all a mirage. That's not, that's not true. That's not the case. He is no, nowhere near winning. And in fact, he is very close to his demise, as well as uh, the Roman Empire. Um, anyhow, Revelation chapter 7. Um, let's, let's walk through this text real quick. They are, um, when this chapter opens up, there are four angels that are seem to be restraining the winds of the earth. He says that the, the four corners of the earth and, and all the winds uh, that are there. Uh, so these four angels are restraining those winds. Wind in, the, in Scripture often refers to God's judgment. And so they, these guys are restraining, uh, are holding back um, wrath. Wrath is coming. God's judgment is coming. Uh, but these, these ones are restraining it so to speak and so God's holding off on judgment until a certain time um, that certain time comes from the lips of yet another angel a fifth angel appears and this one's coming from the sun he's coming as the sun rises he's coming from the east and so this angel's coming from the rising sun usually in scripture um, that kind of terminology means that he's bringing a message from Yahweh he's bringing a message from God And so this fifth angel has a message from, from the Father. And so what's the Father's message? Well, the Father's message is wait to these four angels. Wait and keep continue holding back uh, the wrath that's coming until we can mark all of God's servants. And so now we're into some interesting stuff, right? Uh, we're in the midst of the seven seals and, and all that kind of that kind of stuff. We need to talk more about that, but we just don't have time. But let's break down uh, chapter 7, what, what this mark is, what this seal is, what it means, where it is, and what that means for us. And so we got, we got 10 minutes to figure out Revelation 7, so we got plenty of time. Um, that's a joke. 
And so uh, we're looking at these, these, uh, these, these servants. Uh, and so they are needing protection. That's really what he comes across as saying uh, here in uh, verse 3, in Revelation 7, 3. The angel says, Do not harm the earth or the seas or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And so he's looking at protection. This, this seal, this mark is a sign of protection. You're familiar with this, of course. God does this frequently in the Old Testament. And the better you know your Old Testament, the better you're going to understand Revelation. Revelation is written in code, and that code comes straight from the Old Testament. Um, and so the more versed you are in the Old Testament, the better off you're going to be as you understand Revelation. So God uses seals or marks in the Old Testament as signs of protection. The most famous was probably... In the Exodus, right? When uh, the Jews are told to paint some blood along the mantles of the doors, and that was a sign to uh, the angel to what? Pass over that door, right? He wasn't supposed to hurt anyone inside that house. God was using that mark as a sign of protection. It happens again in Ezekiel. Ezekiel um, has this vision of these, uh, I believe there's six men, uh, six warriors, and they're told to go out into the, the city and kill everybody. Uh, but then a seventh man appears uh, in this vision, and he, his job is uh, to put a mark on the foreheads of all the ones who are God's servants, who are, who are going to be safe. And those people uh, are not to be uh, hurt at all. Uh, they're safe. They're protected. And so he used marks. He uses seals throughout Scripture uh, as ways of protecting people. And so I think that's what's going on here in Revelation chapter 7 with this mark, this seal. Uh, but exactly what are they being protected from? Because they are in the midst of uh, some pretty significant persecution. Um, there's some debate as to when exactly Revelation is written, whether it's written in, in the mid-60s during Nero's, uh, um, Emperor Nero's reign. could have happened during that time period. He actually burns down Rome, like 70-80% of it he burns down, but he blames the Christians as, as a scapegoat. Um, and so the persecution of Christians intensifies during his time period. Uh, I lean more towards the mid-90s, uh, so John's uh, around 100 by this point. At least he's an older man at this point, uh, mid-90s, early 90s, somewhere around in there. And so they would be under uh, Domitian's, uh, Emperor Domitian's reign. At any rate, the persecution of Christians is heating up during this time period. And in whenever Revelation was written, it hasn't gotten as bad as it's going to get. It's going to get much worse. Uh, and so... These people are enduring persecution, but they know, they can almost feel it intensifying. They know it's going to get worse. And so how are they being protected? It's not like God had given them an extra strong neck so that the ex executioner's axe didn't cut through their neck. It's not like he gave them, gave them flame-retardant skin so that when Nero or Domitian or whoever the emperor was at this time put them on the pikes and lit them on fire that they didn't die. Um, so how exactly is he protecting them? Well, he's, he's not protecting them from trouble. He's protecting them through trouble. Look at, look at where this mark is put. It's on their foreheads. Now, why in the world is it on their foreheads, right? Again, you got to know your Old Testament. So back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is, I am positive, uh, the probably the first thing that would have rolled through their minds when they thought when they read foreheads, when the first century church read foreheads, if they're Jewish, they immediately go back to the Shema, right? Deuteronomy 6. Uh, 
starting in verse 4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. This is something they recited every day. This isn't something that they would just think about once a year or whatever. This is something they recited daily, multiple times, every day. Their children knew these words. Uh, they were memorized. And in fact, these words were written, and you'll see that in just a second, on their bodies. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets, where? Between your eyes. So what's he saying there? He's really trying to get at, you need to put my word on your heart. You need to memorize this you need to live by it even beyond memorizing you need to adjust your life so that it fits into my word you need to look at the world through the lens of God's word Um, it needs to change you every aspect of you needs to be changed because of this now the Jews took this literally and so they literally put they're called phylacteries they would put little boxes uh, with scripture, and they would hang them from their foreheads and from their hands, and they still do this today. You can, if you find an Orthodox Jew, he'll still have these phylacteries on his hand and on his forehead and his hair. Um, but God always meant it metaphorically. He always meant it for them to take these concepts into their heart and for those concepts to change who they were. Your personality is not safe around Jesus. It needs to change because it needs to look more like him, right? The fruits of the Spirit are part of that. He changes every aspect of who we are, molding it more perfectly into his image. And I think that's exactly what he's doing here in Revelation chapter 7. He's saying this seal is on their foreheads, and so I'm protecting them not from the trouble, but when they're in the midst of the trouble, I'm protecting them from turning away from me. I'm protecting them from betraying me because these people, these first century Christians, have so eaten into his word, have so digested his word that it has changed every fiber of their being. And so death doesn't scare them. It's not their worst fear. Today, our worst fear may be death, right? It's not theirs. It's, it's lower on the list. At the very top of the list, their worst fear is betraying Jesus. Their worst fear is losing their salvation. And those two are the same thing so that's their fear i'll do anything in the world to stay away from that if it takes me dying so that i don't betray jesus i'm in i'll do that every time that's a that's a that's a deal i'll take every time that's what they would say and so i think that's what he's saying here um in revelation 7 with this this seal that's on their foreheads that it has to change everything you are Interestingly enough, this 144,000, we can't leave this little section without dealing with that, can we? Uh, I think he's saying 12 is the, is the complete number. In Scripture, you'll find this a lot in Revelation too. Um, John relies, the Holy Spirit relies heavily on numbers to convey his point. And so 12 is the perfect number. Um, and so he, what he's done is 12 times 12 is perfectly perfect. It's perfectly complete. And then he adds the thousand to it. And it's kind of like what you tell your kids, man, I've told you a thousand times. Have you literally counted? Like you got tally marks somewhere in your house. I told them to shut the door 
999 times. This is the thousandth time. So now I've literally told you a thousand. Of course not, right? But you use that exactly the way the Bible uses that and the number 12. Um, So he's saying that all of God's servants, every single one of us, is not going to be overlooked. Not a single person is going to be overlooked. Not a single person who has so completely changed who they are that they now look and act and think and prioritize like Jesus. Not a single one of those people are going to be overlooked. Every single one of them is going to be safe. And Domitian, Nero, the Roman emperor, they don't have any claim on that. They don't have any power there. They're, they're impotent there. There's no power for them to be able to affect what God has done. He has protected every single one of them. Not from danger, but through it. He's changed the way they think. He's changed what they want. And so that's, that's the power I think the Revelation has, 7 has for us. Is that we acknowledge that he needs to change us too. That every aspect of who I am, he needs to affect. So that there's nothing left of me. Sometimes we sing a song... Uh, more, more of you, less of me. You know the song I'm talking about? And we walk through, and there's a little bit of me and a little bit of you, and that's not appropriate. And then there's all of me and none of you, and that, of course that's not appropriate. And so we finally go to none of me and, and all of you. That's, that's what we're really looking for, and we're trying to eradicate the bits of us that are us so that we can insert him so that we can be him, so we can prioritize and think and act and love and be like, like him. If we can do that, we're safe. No matter whether somebody takes our life, no matter whether they ridicule us, no matter whether they ostracize us or make fun of us, none of that matters. Because there's something more important than death. There's something more important than being made fun of there's something more important than all those things that we normally come along with those ideas betraying Jesus is more important not betraying Jesus is more important than any of those things and if I have to give up every single one of those things so that I don't betray him that's a good deal that's the deal we should make every single day that's the power of Revelation 7 This evening, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, that's the very first step to becoming like this, to getting on that road to allowing Him to change every aspect of your life. You have your sins washed away through the power of baptism. Maybe you've already made that decision tonight and you're struggling. We want to pray with you and for you that you can be absolutely everything that God wants you to be. If you have any need tonight, won't you come as we stand and sing?
pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for letting us all be able to come together and worship you this evening. Dear Lord, thank you for the lesson that Chris has presented to us this evening. Let us be able to take it and apply it to our lives and learn from it, Lord. Dear Lord, please be with those on the sick list, those that you only know the name of, and those, Lord, in Nashville that were affected by the shooting. Lord, let us depart from here safely, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.